Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the 100th episode of the TetraCast. Hooray! So and there's only two of us. Yes. Uh, and so, and it just so happens that, yes, there's only two of us. So that was the voice of James Galizio. Hello. Hello. So, yeah, it's it's kind of an amazing, momentous occasion. Uh, we've been doing this for a number of years now. Uh, we started this about, I think it was like four or five years ago, where we did... Uh, Started off as a monthly podcast. Actually, didn't wasn't even quite that. It was like a few podcasts, maybe every other month, and then it became monthly, and then it became biweekly, and then it became weekly, and that's kind of helped us sped things up until we got to the hundredth episode as of today. So, hooray! Man, four or five years—that's way before my time. Yeah, it's been uh, kind of a crazy time. Uh, going a lot over these past few years, uh, and it's kind of amazing how things have come. And it's been nice to hear people's thoughts about the podcast uh, outside of us recording this. You know, I've been hearing, uh, seeing some comments about it, people appreciating our Game of the Year stuff, and it's been really nice. So yeah, if you guys are listening to this, please do share those comments. It means a lot to us to know that y'all listen in. And uh, we need to keep focusing on doing this podcast, um, which, you know, I'm sure we'll be doing 100 more. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, before we head into the news of the week, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, James, since you're the only other person on this podcast, uh, let's go straight to you. So, I have you listed here that you've been playing a lot of the uh, SNES Classic. Now, last week, uh, I talked a little bit about that Secret Amount of Remake. Uh, you said you were going to just maybe play that version of it instead, because my thoughts on the remake weren't so great, which I'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but what, you, what have you been playing on the SNES Classic, though? I'll be honest, I only played Secret of Mana for like 10, 15 minutes That's on the uh, <laughs> SNES Classic. Not quite uh, getting to combat yet. Um, but uh, what I have been playing has been uh, Super Punch-Out, played through that. Awesome. Interesting game. I can see why uh, Nintendo hasn't really done too much with it, because there's not really much else you can do with it. Oh, it's, it's so great, though. That game is so much fun. Oh, yeah, it's, totally, so many it's a great game. It's um, almost like a rhythm game in a way, really. A bit, yeah, it's like, I mean, boxing is basically that, too. It's all about rhythm. Uh, reading your yeah, rhythm. opponent and being able to tell when you need to dodge or when you need to like find out that spot where you can get that... I guess you call it death blow. It's just like straight up like a critical punch when uh, their animation shows off that you can punch them one hit KO. That's always a blast. I just have so many great memories playing that as a child. Um, oh yeah, great game. Um, would be interesting to see if they ever do a uh, digital like sequel because I I don't think this is a series that they could really keep doing full big budget releases. I mean, they had the one on the Wii. I haven't played it. Maybe I'll get so around honest. to it, but. Uh, but uh, yeah. get the feeling though that would definitely work as a digital only um, series or something like that. Maybe I mean there was of course uh, uh, Little Mac was in Super Smash Brothers, and so like there was definitely a case that can be made that that game could come back, especially with the Switch. You know, with the two uh, two controllers, you know, the two Joypad, the Joy-Con, excuse me, you can use that as like boxing. So I, I just like you know the Wii modes, of course, with the with the nunchuck. But like I can definitely see it making a comeback. Uh, it just depends on who's making it. Um, but yeah. I would I would love to see it. I think there's definitely a lot still there. Uh, there's not really any boxing games really uh like the fight night people which was like i love the fight night series they're the ones that are working on the ufc series so they've kind of gone off and done that thing so there's not really a boxing oh to be fair i mean fight night obviously is a sim uh punch out is definitely arcade cartoony style uh but i would love to see them uh, go back and try that again 
Yeah, I definitely would like to play another one. It's just trying to think about what else they could really do to change up the formula and still have it feel the same. And again, I'll we'll have to get to. to the Wii version and see how that works. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the other game I played to any great degree was Star Fox. Uh. You know, I never played the original. The only Star Fox game that I played to any great degree was Command. And I guess if you consider it a Star Fox game, I played Adventure, which really it's just it's a Zelda clown. It's yeah. a Zelda. I don't. I don't have great uh, memories or fondness for the original Star Fox. The only thing I remember most is like it has a great soundtrack. Of course, the visuals were crazy at the time when I was a kid as well. Uh, I'm kind of old, so that's why I can say these things. But uh, it's not. I don't. I don't really consider it like a stellar game. Uh, Star Fox Two, which is also on there, wasn't always. I mean, obviously, it was canceled kind of for a reason. Uh, most of my memories are for Star Fox sixty four, though. Yeah, I definitely feel like I would have enjoyed the game more if I hadn't. Well, I did play a bit of Star Fox 64 3D on the 3DS. Oh, yeah, I forgot about got that. mine in like 2012 or whatever if I got it. So it, Star Fox is just a weird series in the sense that they keep remaking that first game. And it just... They keep trying to be Star Fox 64 with the games. I mean, obviously you have like yeah, Adventures and Assault. Was it Assault? What was the other GameCube one? Assault, Star- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of hard to say, because, like, Star Fox, the series as a whole, if you take it uh, all in the grand scheme, it's not been always that great, at least in my opinion. And so... I will it, say that I did enjoy Star Fox for what it was. Sure. I just feel like that... Like, like Punch-Out, it's one of those games that hasn't... Well, well Punch-Out's aged fine, just in the sense that it's not as probably as good of a value if it was a full price game nowadays. Yeah, Punch-Out's Star- still a lot of fun, yeah. So. Yeah, but Star Fox, it's definitely one of those things where if I'm going to play a... Uh, I wouldn't really call it a shoot-em-up because it's not quite the same thing. But if I was going to play a game like Star Fox, I'd play Star Fox 64 3D, which I think we can both agree is probably the best in the series, or uh, Kid Icarus Uprising, which is probably a much better. <laughs> I never, uh, I never played Kid Icarus Uprising. I played the original Kid Icarus, oh, but like I never played Uprising. Oh, Who good things? Totally do? different games. Uh, personally, Kid Icarus Uprising is my favorite 3DS game, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 crazy to think. I mean, Star Fox definitely is one of those series, especially after uh, Command. It really needs to reinvent itself because it's it's definitely one of those. Tentpole series for Nintendo, as opposed to say like um, Punch Out, which is definitely you know it's not that important for them. I guess it's just it's not like it's it's a series is it like a mascot character like Star Fox really is. Uh, it'd be great to see them do something crazy with that. Uh, even it's kind of interesting just because it's like Shigeru Miyamoto, of course, was the one who helped make Star Fox Command, and it was not well received. A lot of it had to do, of course, with the idea of holding your Wii U up, the gamepad, and having to like you look mean through zero? it. Zero? Sorry, zero. I'm sorry. I'm mixing up with command. I'm talking about zero. Um, holding that up and using it as your like your cockpit view, uh, and and being able to shoot through that, it was wasn't that great. <laughs> From what yeah, I definitely one of those games where the gamepad was probably more of a hindrance than anything. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely work to the other. Uh, yeah game that I feel like uh, Miyamoto had the closest uh, kind of grasp on with the Wii U. Um, Pikmin 3, like, I know I mentioned this months back, but I'm yeah. not sure how well, like, Pikmin 4, because it's coming, is going to stack up to Pikmin 3 just because that gamepad really, really did work well with the concept, and 
I'm going off on a tangent here. No, but. no, no. I mean, I totally get that. It's like it's like the idea of there are definitely some highlights for the Wii U for sure. I mean, Wii U had at least a dozen very, very good games. Like the worth to buy the system. Like I bought a Wii U specifically because like I waited long enough until there was enough games that I wanted to play. That came I bought on. a Wii U on launch for Monster Three Ultimate, and it was worth it for that alone. It's okay. kind of funny in some ways that. The online experience just has never been the same for Monster Hunter since 3 Ultimate because I remember since the Wii U gamepad itself had a mic and it was on by default, you'd walk into a, an online room and you'd be talking with folks and it was very social. <laughs> and because the series was still somewhat niche at the time, the people you we were playing with knew what they were doing and was just... I don't know if it's just me and this, again, more of a tangent, but it feels like unless I'm playing with friends that i'm in a party chat with just nobody talks in monster world and it's kind of disappointing because it's just that community aspect's kind of gone which was one of the things that really i remember fondly about the uh wii u game and i guess yeah i did hear some complaints about when monster world the online stuff was announced people are like kind of upset because it went uh, in a different direction than the earlier games, but like, was that the was uh, Monster Hunter Three Ultimate? Was that the one that used that Wii U speaker like Animal Crossing had or whatever? Oh, um, Monster Hunter Tri had support for it. Yeah, um, and that's actually one of the reasons why. Funny thing about Monster Hunter Tri is that in Japan it had the 60, 16 person lobbies, and like you could have sixteen person people in a server. When they brought it over to the West, they added in support for the mic, but because of that, they had to limit the lobbies to four people in order for the voice chat to work that's i guess i mean obviously 16 people talking at once would be a pain in the ass but you know um to be fair like if you think about like today's online games usually you would want to turn off voice support just because of how like hostile and violent and offensive a lot of voice chat can be if like you played player knowns battlegrounds that's exactly never what been it is, that way but, though and that's... yeah most is a totally different thing especially on like a nintendo it's everyone is, of course is well it's hard to say. I don't know if yeah. like the Call of Duty yeah. <laughs> games yeah. on on the Wii U, like how that was for voice chat. But you know, it is what it Monster is. Monster Hunter Three Ultimate definitely, probably my favorite memory from the Wii U, just because of that community feeling, and also a certain to a certain extent, it was just. I was talking about this on Twitter earlier that Monster Hunter Three Ultimate really was the starting point for like this big plan that Capcom had to get Monster Hunter really popular in the West, yeah. and it's clear. just interesting like looking back on it and like i remember at the time people were like oh we won it on ps3 and 360 and then when the ps4 and xbox one got announced it was like oh make monster Hunter on the ps4 and xbox one and back then like a lot of people thought what the capcom uh, unity reps or the capcom north america uk europe whatever reps were saying about oh we're letting capcom japan know this is what people want like a lot of people were like oh well they're just telling them that but nothing's gonna happen but yeah kind of interesting like looking back on it now and seeing what happened with world and it's like huh i guess that they really were serious about the west and they really were listening i guess just makes me feel a lot better about what happened back then even if it wasn't ideal for the monster hunter fan base in regards to waiting over a year for the game to come over did you ever at all had I know we're totally off topic from what we were talking about before, but did you ever have an interest in playing that like that Monster Hunter Frontier games, the online only like games that came out only in Japan? Even now, I've had an interest in doing it. Um, I I've kind of wanted to maybe pay for a VPN for like a month and then yeah. pay for for a membership for like a month, see how it play works it's not, out. It's not region locked, is it? 
it is region locked. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because like that, like in Dragon's Dogma, fact, online, I've been curious about. <laughs> so yeah, um, one of the things that's always been an issue is that even if you just post a little bit of English in the world chat on Monster and Frontier, even if you're paying and you're using a VPN, you get automatically banned. Oh boy, I mean that makes some sense, I guess, because they know that they're doing that. But still, that's a shame. And actually, I'm I'm curious, uh, just because I mentioned it just just now that like. I guess with the success of Monster in the World, they don't really have a reason to localize Dragon's Dogma Online at all, since that's uh, Capcom's other big MMO in Japan. I don't even know how well it's doing, honestly. There was like there was actually apparently some word uh, months and months ago about the possibility. I think it was like an earnings report that Capcom did that they said they would put uh, put it out overseas, but like that seemed more like they put it out in uh, China, you know, or Southeast Asia or something like that, because yeah. overseas for them still means that. <laughs> so. Uh, Even though when they're talking about sales data, they say Japan, but they mean Japan and Southeast Asia. Yeah, but, uh, it's that's such a complicated mess. Well, going back to the topic though, like, is there anything else you played on the SNES Classic? Just some games I've played before, like sure. um, Super Metroid. I didn't actually finish it. I got very close. I oh, think I'll so end up finishing it on the SNES Classic. I uh, got to that one point where you're kind of underwater, and then there's the sand, and it's just like. Uh, yeah, sometimes, and you, of course, because you sometimes get lost in that game. I mean, thankfully, there's a map as opposed to, like, the first, I think, Metroid 1 and 2, I believe. Maybe it's just Metroid 1 didn't have a map yeah. at all. That was, that yeah. was difficult. But anyways, that and Yoshi's Island, which yes. I also got close to beating, but on the Game Boy Advance. So I think I'll end up playing through both of those. And once I beat Super Metroid, I'll probably start heading to back to my 3DS to play Samus Returns since I just picked that up recently. Yeah, I definitely want to play that game. I've got uh, a lot of appeal for Metroid uh, and Yoshi, of course. Like Yoshi, Kirby, and Metroid, uh, three of my favorite series pretty much from Nintendo. Star Allies next month, and I've yes. actually got a friend oh. of mine that wants to play local co-op, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, Kirby's just such a... like I Kirby never lets me down. That's, that's the kind of thing. Like Ever since... Uh, the first Kirby games, Kirby's Adventure, and then you go to Kirby's uh, Canvas Course. I mean, Kirby when are we going to get a Kirby Air Ride too? Because that's still like my go-to party game for oh, the game. So good. That was crazy because you got to like add in like they had their uh, special powers and things like that. That was such a crazy game. That would be that'd be a lot of fun to see wow. them do something with that. What was what was that one mode in, in Air Ride call where called where it was basically you're just in this like miniature city and then after a certain amount of time you're popped into an event i don't i i know what you're talking about i forget what the name of the mode but like that it was, was what everyone played yeah pretty much because that's like kirby's air rides a lot deeper than people give it credit for uh it's more than just a racing game uh back on early console days but like that's i'm, I'm excited and i think that just kind of goes to show that uh nintendo continues to have like everyone's excitement uh, everyone's attention uh it's just amazing to see what they do and i'm curious to see what they're going to do next i mean Maybe they'll put out N64 Classic, and then we'll have Kirby's Air Ride all we want. So we'll see. Uh, well, that GameCube game. I'm oh, sorry, GameCube, yeah. Because they, they do the GameCube, and then they do the, the N64, and then they'll do the GameCube. We'll get Air Ride. Uh, I wonder if they'll do... I guess they already did a Wii Mini, didn't they? Because that's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Not sure if they'll go as far as the GameCube. Like, there's that Eurogamer rumor that the same company that helped with the emulation on the NES and SNES Classic is working on GameCube emulation. Yeah, for the that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And then you have those, um, not emulation, but like actual ports to the shield tablet or something in china, china. yeah that so. was bizarre when i i saw those reports about I that mean, 
I feel like at this point, it's pretty obvious that there's going to be some sort of GameCube or Wii Virtual Console or ports coming going forward on Switch. Just looking at those two like pieces of information, but it's going to be interesting to see exactly what form that takes. Yeah, GameCube Virtual Console seems like a given at this point because there's a lot. There was a lot of like uh, a lot of reports about that not long ago. Um, going to like the Wii U, but then that that fell through, which is crazy because you think about like you know the uh, how like they're already working on switch emulation it's i mean they're obviously way away from doing anything with that but like it's come so far at this point switch is probably one of probably going to be one of the easiest quote-unquote consoles for folks to develop an emulator for though just because the soc is completely documented everyone knows exactly what the hardware capabilities are for the most part so you already like, saw like the fact that someone's already got Linux working on the Switch, so it's like we're already yeah, far we're into it. Overflow. Yeah, yeah overflow. Yeah, it's it's definitely got into the point where like Homebrew is already running on the Switch, so it won't like be long now. Four or five years for the uh, Vita to get hacked, and it took less than a year for the Switch to get blown open. It goes to show how serious Tony is about it when Nintendo is kind of difficult. Like they still can't figure it out. And good news is at least it's. Region free, so that that's like the one thing I would want if I ever oh, went God. down that yeah. road. Yeah, totally. It's it's a lot better that way. Well, uh, for me, it's been uh, Secret of Mana. Of course, I wrapped that up. Uh, I put up my review on RPGSet.net, and so people can check out my thoughts. But basically, it's that it was one step forward, three steps back, in my opinion. Uh, it was kind of disappointing to see the changes that they made. Uh, and I mentioned in the review, like for example. Um, it's kind of difficult to talk to you about this, James, since you barely played it. But like, one of the funnest things about it, and I think I mentioned it last week as well, was like the action grid, which allowed you to um, uh, control the AI of your teammates that you had with Prim and um, um, Papori. And so for them, uh, like you can set it so that like there was like this—I uh, forget how big it was. Maybe it was like a, a five by five grid, and you can set them how aggressive they can be or how passive or, or uh, passive they should be. Uh, so, like, you can set them so that they don't act at all to the point or all the way to the point where, like, they're super aggressive and they're uh, constantly attacking enemies around you. Um, it was great. You had a lot of granular control over them. And then they changed it so that all you can do is set it so that either they're um, assisting whoever you're targeting, assisting a certain character like Randy or, or Prim, or, uh, or you can set it so that uh, they don't attack the same person you are. So, like, if you're attacking an enemy, they'll attack anyone else that's around you kind of thing. Uh, and then, of course, you can also set the level of the weapon they should be at. But the problem is, is that if you set it so that they attack other enemies and you fight a boss, they won't attack the boss, <laughs> which is stupid. Like, who would think that that would be a helpful thing? So you always have to go back to the menu and fix it so that they do that again. Uh, they got rid of your teammates' um, charge bars, and so you can't tell what they're doing. A lot of them are just kind of like, you know, they're doing like this little stutter step uh, away from you. And it's like, it's because they're charging their meter and you can't tell that anymore. You're just like, are you going to attack at all? Nope. They're waiting to charge the meter. Uh, there's things like that. They took out the Mode 7 graphics, and so you can't see yourself get shot out of a cannon and, and, and look, make it look so cool. Uh, it just does this little uh, fade-out, fade-in. Uh, there is an overworld map. Uh, it's not highly detailed. It, it just it looks kind of like the rest of the game, which is like sort of low-budget. Uh, but, you know, for what it's worth, the graphics can be somewhat charming uh, at times, and I think that if this is the first time you play in Secret Amada, it might not be so bad. Uh, I will say, if you're coming back to it from enjoying Secret Amada, it's going to be a lot harder sell. That's kind of what my 
uh, bottom line for that was um, so definitely sounding like a step one step forward two steps back or something like that deal. yeah uh it's i mean it comes down to a lot of it also comes down to whether you like 2d sprite work because uh, i think that the original game had amazing art it was actually kind of it came out uh in 93 and so it was about halfway into the super nintendo's life uh so it or getting close to late honestly uh, so it still looked really good for the time, and the boss art looked amazing. The everything, even the soundtrack was great. Uh, they redid the soundtrack in this version as well, so it uh, just it just doesn't sound so good, you know. It's uh, I mean anyone who's interested can just read my thoughts and my review. But boy, it's it's just kind of a disappointment that Square Enix did this, and I hope that if they're going to revive another another game to do a remake for it, I'm I'm kind of hesitant because uh, of kind of the track record with doing that stuff you know like yeah. obviously with um, the, the good news I mean obviously there's been good examples like when they take like Final Fantasy X or Kingdom Hearts and, and take the stuff that we never got and put them out for everyone to enjoy uh, but no, Secret of Mana, apparently Kingdom Hearts like at least the PS3 versions had a lot of issues so. yeah but when you look at um, my bigger point was like you know when you look at their Final Fantasy efforts like you look at Final Fantasy V oh <laughs> like, totally yeah uh, like um, they, the way they smooth the, the, the sprites to make them like ugly as sin and 6 of course as well uh, you know 3 and 4 of course the 3D remakes um, so a lot of people can take them or leave them uh, I will say Adventures of Mana looked better than Secret of Mana did which is kind of weird when you think about it, uh, I guess it's because they took more liberties because they're not they're working within uh, uh, a much older game compared to Secret of Mana, uh, which has a, a couple, a two, three years on it. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I played a lot more Secret of Mana than I ever did uh, some of those other games. But that leads me to the next game I've been playing as well. I only started it yesterday because that's actually when I got the game. Uh, Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet. <laughs> so this game uh you mentioned before the podcast this reminds you a lot at least from the the footage that you saw it reminds you a lot of freedom wars um yeah i knew that it was when i first heard about it it was like oh it's another sword art online game i mean i've heard from uh, a bunch of different people that the rpgs have generally been fairly well received they're good games except for the uh beta version of the first game with oh hollow fragment yeah that was that's a meme at this point (laughs) Yep. Uh, at least yeah. there's Rehollow Fragment. That's something yeah. nice you can yeah. have. But um, eventually I heard about how um, Fatal Bullet was being developed by Dimps, which yes. uh, they've done a lot of different things. They've done the Game Boy Advance and DS uh, Sonic, Sonic games. Yeah. They've done uh, Freedom Wars. And I I ended up seeing like a few months back like a trailer for the game in the GameStop. And I saw it and I was like, oh, that's Freedom Wars. Yes. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, like, like you said, it's that. It reminded you a lot of that. It just seems like, yeah, they probably took a lot of inspiration from there. I didn't actually notice that until I was typing up my review earlier today because I like to sort of prime my review uh, as I'm playing it. Um, that's just how I get work done. So, yeah, I, I will say um, I'm kind of enjoying it. You know, it, it's weird to say. I mean, I kind of liked uh, Hollow Realization, which was the other, which was the first Sword Art Online game I reviewed. Uh, I did not review Hollow Fragment or Re Hollow Fragment or Lost Son or any of those. Um, Hollow Realization was my first one. I, I kind of liked it. And apparently there was like this big content update that came out after I'd already reviewed the game. And I kind of curious to go back and see what they did. Uh, my only issues with that game was mostly like the bad party AI, um, the heavy leaning into the tropes and stuff like that uh so far from what i played of uh fatal bullet 
which I've gotten to maybe about five, six, maybe actually eight or ten hours into it. It's been all right. I kind of like it. Uh, the only issue I've had so far is the lack of lock-on targeting, which makes it kind of difficult when you're uh, playing a shooter. Uh, you can use Pretty melee sure weapons as well, but yeah, you're shooting worse, stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I've had to. I started off the game with my um, what's it called the. Um, sensitivity on my controls all the way up uh or at least way up because that's typically how i play like regular uh first person shooters anyway and that helped a lot um but obviously when you're having to use this grappling hook that you've got which reminded me was also from freedom wars apparently um use the free, use the grappling hook to get up to higher ledges of course to, uh to take out snipers that are hanging out on top of buildings and and nests and things like that um but you also use them to pull down these like flying drones uh, from the sky and other robots that are up there, but they keep moving around. So you're just trying to you keep shooting at it, shooting at it, shooting at it. You can't get to it, and they're too high that you can't just jump up and attack it. Uh, so that can be a, a, a real pain. Uh, but you know, I will say it's it's kind of neat. It's got some. It's got uh, the fun RPG mechanics of being able to level up uh, and. Uh, adjust the stats as you see fit and you can create builds and so you can just set it like okay i've got this stat build out that i've got i'll save it to this first slot and then you can straight up uh, make a whole new build on on another one so that's pretty cool i like the idea that i don't have to like reset everything it's just that this is my build out for this particular way that i play and then i'll create another one that's way more support heavy and i don't take any penalty for that uh same with like really nice yeah it's like equipment build outs things like that as well uh, and the graphics are a lot better than they were before. Uh, Hollow Realization was okay, uh, but I think this is on Unreal Engine 4, and so like the graphics have gotten a nice bump. It looks kind of nice. Uh, it's still, I, I for me, like as a, I actually kind of like Sword Art Online, uh, so full disclosure on that, uh, that uh, I, I haven't gotten back to it actually since I, I didn't see all of uh, the Gungale Online stuff. With uh, I think I got stopped at like maybe episode 8 or 9, I think. It was whatever was uh, Shinon and Korea Kirito, uh, Kirito in in the cave. That's like the last episode I remember. People who have seen the show know what I'm talking about. But uh, um, I, I I like the character designs of that series, and so it was it was kind of nice to create an avatar. In this case, the problem I had another problem I had with the Hollow realization is that no matter who you created, you're always recognized as Kirito, and so you're kind of just who's the main character of the game uh, of the series. By the way, if people don't know. And so, like, you're just the, either you're a man or a woman, and you look completely different. They'll still address you as Kirito, which is terrible, because uh, yeah, you're basically just uh, assuming him in that game. In this, you're an original avatar, and so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You do meet Kirito and 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 the rest of the game, uh, but there are kind of other characters that you can have join your party. They're not the main focus. You are, uh, and I appreciate that way more because I, I I don't like when they try to uh, do like this sort of self insert mode uh, that just doesn't appeal to me at all. But you know, bottom line, uh, like I said, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I'll give my full thoughts and the review. It's already out, of course, uh, and I'll have uh, my review maybe tomorrow, um, if not early Monday. Uh, but so far, for what it's worth, I've been liking it. It's definitely one that's probably going to only appeal to the fans of the series, um, but uh, it's got some neat hooks to it that I'll hope to explore some more. Yeah, definitely interesting. Um, interested to see how it holds up overall. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like that series. It's kind of getting a little long in the tooth, to say the least. But they've got that new uh, 
Sword on Online alternative anime that's supposed to premiere like in a couple months, and that's supposed to be original, like it's a spinoff. And I think it's actually the people that the person that wrote it, I think, also wrote uh, Kino's Journey, which is a great show uh, and manga and 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 book, of course. Uh, uh, original show or the new version? Kino's Journey. I think it's the original creator. Uh, the okay. novels. I think. Uh, then, that, then that's good news, not bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually remember. I have not seen the new Kino's Journey, by the way. So I don't know what how good it is. I've been oh, so focused heard, on. Yeah, I've only heard some uh, bad things about the new version, which is well, disappointing. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it's it's got original characters, which I I like. You know, people who don't like Kirito as a person uh, probably will like that show just because it doesn't have him at all, uh, or any of the characters for that matter. So let's get into the news of the week. So the first thing we've got up here is uh, got a little bit of controversy around it. So Square Enix, uh, who's been teasing this for a while, Hajime uh, Tabata has been kind of teasing this for a bit now. But yes, they have gone ahead and uh, revealed that they will have a lot more post-launch content for Final Fantasy 15, And that'll be continuing into 2019. And so... Uh, for what it's worth, uh, they said that there will be four more episodes planned for the game, uh, and it seems like you're probably going to have to buy another season pass in order to enjoy it. Uh, they've been talking about uh, doing more co- character-focused DLC episodes. So last year, uh, they wanted to do some. Uh, we heard something about like you know doing one for Arden, uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm reading through it right now. I'll be honest, I didn't really prep so much for this podcast, and so it's it looks like that uh, the episodes will be, they'll try to get a couple this year, but it looks like that'll be spilling out into 2019, and they want to basically flesh out the Final Fantasy XV universe, uh, so I mean, yeah. Good, uh, good for them. Definitely sounds like from where I'm kind of situated that they're using the pc version to kind of catapult like another wave of content for sure yeah i mean they're trying to capitalize on the pc release that's for sure they did mention uh that the game is so far sold about seven million copies with another couple million coming out for pc Uh, they're hoping to get uh, another two million sold which um that seems very plausible especially with the promise of modern support like depending on how that community thrives uh that could definitely be something that people will probably latch on to especially because all the dlc up to this point will be uh available with the pc release uh yeah. attached to it are those seven million sales or shipments because i remember hearing like in january last year that ff15 had had six million shipments so no, yeah i mean whenever you hear shipped obviously it's like you thinking about um uh it the sale through uh usually isn't that far behind but this apparently is sold seven million sold as of um uh, 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 up to this date and so that that yeah, does seem sure hard to believe. One million sold in a year is uh, good or bad. Not that's sure. I mean, considering this game came out in 2016, you know that's actually not bad at all. Uh, they've been putting out a lot of DLC for that stuff, and so I guess I mean they put out comrades as well. And so I first, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by this, but you know, I think that it'll probably get another healthy bump, especially with the Royal Edition coming out um, the same day as oh, the. Sure. Uh, as the PC release, that's probably going to get help it bump up as well. And I'm, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm very curious about, like I said, the mods, uh, especially if it means like replaces some of those characters that I don't really have a lot of fondness for. I've never played Final Fantasy 15. This is going to be my first time trying it out, so I'm excited. Uh, been yeah. waiting for all the DLC yes. to hit before I actually started 
playing it and uh just this news is making me realize oh i'm gonna be waiting quite a while yeah i mean part of it is also because that it wasn't that long after launch that they talked about how there were some problems like with chapter 13 and stuff like that and they wanted to wait and uh, work on that and get it out so i was like okay i'll wait for the best version of this before i play it because i would want to wait it's like that and xenoblade chronicles 2 are the two games that i'm like i'm kind of holding off a little bit uh to see what they do with that um i don't own a version of final fantasy 15 i do own the special edition of xenoblade chronicles 2 so maybe i'll play that before i play 15 but we'll see uh but i make it a point to play all the games even the ones that like uh people may not have a lot of fondness for because you know i don't want to see it for myself kind of thing but that's that's kind of that's kind of the big piece of news from that uh hopefully we'll hear more about it soon enough but uh we'll have a lot of coverage on the site too uh especially as we get closer to that release because that's like obviously since we've only got a few more days left in the month here that's like yeah that's a week from tuesday that's pretty close geez so moving to the next piece of news that we got here though uh sega announced shining resonance refrain for the west now we only heard about it before uh there was a rating leaked uh I guess not a leak, it was just posted on the Australian ratings board for Shining Resonance Refrain, which people don't know, it's the uh, PS4 remaster, enhanced version, basically, of, of the original PlayStation 3 game that came out, I think, in 2014. Um, this is another Shining JRPG, not your typical strategy RPG, which I'd really love if they did that, because that, that, the first three Shining games are so damn cool. Uh, in any case, this is going to be out uh, on... Um, March 29th. Actually, in Japan, it's going to be about March 29th. All it says for us is that it's going to be coming sometime this summer. But it's kind of cool. It's not just the PS4 like it is in Japan. It's going to be for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. So that's really cool. I mean, obviously, the more people that get to play it, the better. Uh, but I got to... I, I mentioned this on a past podcast when they announced, when they, there was that Australian ratings board leak. But like, I was watching someone play this game with English subtitles. Like, they... Uh, added the subtitles themselves and but their account uh, suddenly like they deleted all the episodes and, and closed their account uh, out of nowhere and so i couldn't experience the rest of it uh it for people who don't know like they put out uh sega had a live stream for this game uh yesterday i uh, will post it up on the site probably by the time that you hear this podcast it'll be up on the site already but there was about an hour's worth of footage it does look like you're uh, typical traditional JRPG. It's got like a music focus on it too. Uh, like every character has like these musical instruments, so that'll be kind of fun to check out. Uh, but Refrain will also have all the original games DLC, which there was apparently 150 pieces of DLC. Holy shit, Japan! Uh, that's like up to like you know, uh, dead or alive levels or some shit. <laughs> Jeez. Or Neptunia, I guess, in some cases. But yeah, it'll have a dual audio. Um, I l- sure listen to the English uh, language. Huh? I'm sorry? Sure people will be happy about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the live stream, I believe, had English voices. And they sound all right. You know, they they uh, they fit the characters. So I think that people will appreciate that. Um, there'll also be this refrain mode that adds two more playable characters. So people can check that out. Um and they said that there's going to be a, a launch edition. So uh, the game's going to be 50 bucks, which is, for what it's worth, the remaster, not bad. Um, especially with all uh, all the DLC, considering that's probably about, you know, maybe $100, $200 worth of DLC included <laughs> uh, when you take it in the grand scheme. Uh, but that'll have, like, this uh, metal slipcase uh, with, I guess, 
uh, yeah, with the with the main characters. I don't know if that's like it's going to have different. I hope it doesn't have like different cases. I know that uh, was it Summer Night Six. Depending on the version you had, it had a different box art. I'm not a big fan of that stuff, but it just looks uh, like that. Uh, that'll just have character artwork that on the front. I think yeah, it's Excella, Sonia, and, and Kirik. Actually, yeah, it's, there's going to be a front and back to it. So yeah, it's going to be just a single box art. That's good news. It's interesting how the Switch version has a uh, steel um, steel case slipcover too. Yeah, okay, it's gonna a lot of extra space. Well, <laughs> you know? There was a there was a steel case for Xenoblade Two in the limited edition, but I think otherwise, this is the first time a separate company besides Nintendo has done anything like this for a Switch game, I believe. Yeah, it's it's good for it's good news for that. And uh, like I said, I'm just happy that's gonna be on multiple platforms. I'm looking forward to playing it myself. Uh, like I said, I, I really liked what I looked at Shining Resonance uh, when I first saw it. And, and the concepts that was within but just don't expect something crazy i mean it's got the tony taka art of course uh people who like his art uh tony taka's art style uh but hopefully we'll hear uh more solid real estate as we get closer i expect it to probably be out maybe in june but we'll see already has an esrb rating so yeah seems like have. it's mostly done yeah it should be like shortly into summer at, at this point so another piece of news we've got here Speaking of localization announcement announcements, uh, Nice America, and we kind of talked about this before that, and you, you mentioned it in fact, James, that yeah. uh, Nice America, despite the fact that they had their press event um, a few weeks ago, that it, the chances are that they were going to have uh, more announcements not long afterwards. Uh, so, no four princesses, which I'm sad that they didn't announce that, but they did say that the Lost Child will be coming uh, to the Nintendo Switch this summer. Uh, and also God Wars, uh, excuse me, I lost my place here. God Wars, the complete legend will also be coming to the switch later this fall as well. So that's, that's good news. Good news for switch owners. NAS is, uh, slate of releases this year, especially in the West is, uh, looking very, very lively, which is interesting to see. Yeah, and so people want to know, uh, God Wars The Complete Legend is an extended version of God Wars Feature Pass, which uh, uh, Adam Vitali Seda covered on the site before, so if people want to check out that review, uh, that came out on the PlayStation 4 and he covered it there. But it's going to be on the Switch for this version, both physically and digitally. Uh, good news for people who like physical editions of their games. It also have a new uh, expansion. Uh, to the story called The Legend of Yomi, uh, along with a new character uh, and some other story content for her edition. Uh, apparently, the uh, expansion stuff is pretty significant, uh, so that'll be nice if you people have it, didn't play the original game. Uh, I remember Adam being a little mixed on it. He kind of liked it, but it was it was it was kind of uh, a mess at times, from what I remember from his review. Uh, but yeah, the the expansion itself i think has got about what was it they said like a hundred hours of new content so it should be a, a significant addition uh if you're willing to i guess play that much of the game you know if you're willing to put another uh 100 was 130 140 hours of game to it uh we'll find out Oof. it's got a weird price though because there's uh oh I, i'm sorry i think it's gonna be like 40 bucks perhaps but like uh nice america has their uh limited edition like they always do for these kind of games uh for 55 dollars but uh, actually, they didn't say what the original standard price of the game will be. But like, people want to pick that up, I guess. I guess they'll check that out. But yeah, it's coming out this fall. And then we've got actually uh, some other this exciting really news excited. here. Yeah, this is what I'm really excited about. Uh, Spike Chunsoft uh, 
announced that they had a Western branch that they were incorporating last year, late in the year. Like I believe the most recent press um, press release, they said that they really started in December 2017. Yeah. Um, they'll really, like I've said many times before, it was a long time coming. Like even at AX 2016, they had English reps for dealing with PR and whatnot. So it's something that has been a long time coming. It's, yeah, Even I think they had like Fire Pro Wrestling. Event. They had English people there for that too. Yeah. So, um, so a few months ago, we all we uh, were told that Spike Chun Software is going to have announcements at GDC, and we just got more recent information that they were going to have a stream and they were going to announce four games at GDC, March twenty third at five p.m. Pacific time, and it's going to be interesting to see what they announce. I'm expecting one of those games is going to be Steins Gate Elite for the West because one of the big announcements when uh, Spike Chunsoft said, oh, we're opening up a Western branch is that they were going to collaborate with mages for uh, Western releases of some of their titles. And Steins Gate Elite is low-hanging fruit, I think we both agree. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, That's definitely one of those series that, considering how popular it is even in the west it's definitely seemed like that'd be a, a given the other game i expect them to localize and even uh, when i first posted i mean the news post about the the four new titles being announced uh was the kinkabancho atome game uh that was part of their twitter survey they held like a year or two ago that they said that you know this would kind of influence what they would want to localize that had the most votes even by like um a, a somewhat significant margin still didn't get localized and so I, I assume that'll be one of those games is sort of like a make good maybe they'll also yeah. localize that 428 shibuya scramble yeah game. that's what i was gonna say and then the last game i'd say that seems likely would probably be project sync i'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it it's from uh, kataro uchikoshi yeah 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 that's yeah, they're that's gonna have japanese folks over on the stream and obviously the zero escape franchise had been western focused with zero time to lemon for better or worse so if there's going to be an announcement, it's going to be worldwide, and that definitely seems like something that it's about time for that to be really shown off too. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, be- I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm very hopeful. Uh, you know, and that's not saying that they couldn't announce like other uh, ports, maybe like Sheer and the Wanderer for PC or oh, something like that. Please, please, that would be pretty cool. That game looks that great, game. and see it on PC would be even better. Like I love the sprite work in that game; it's so cool. Just having that type of game and and. Uh, in modern times is so amazing because I love I love those sprites. Uh, hopefully we'll hear more about that soon, but the stream itself will be held on March 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, they'll have a live stream on Switch, and you can check that out on our on our website. You can find the news post about that. Apparently uh, they're going to have giveaways too on that stream. Yes, so they're, like, they're already yeah. doing the giveaways, in fact, right now, I believe. You can Ooh. go to their Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I think maybe Instagram as well. I forget what the third one was. But uh, they're doing they're starting up the giveaways right away if people who are interested in that um, uh, to get some good old merchandise from them. Uh, check that yeah. out. Uh, but we'll be Same definitely... times coming. ahead. Yeah, Same yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a little under a month away. Uh, GDC 2018, uh, Alex... Big Boss, uh, he'll be actually out there at GDC helping cover for the site. Uh, I don't know if he'll be attending the Spike Chunsoft event, but uh, we as a site and our social media will definitely be covering that. So people who may forget about it, we'll let you know as we get closer. And of course, the day of. The next piece of news actually is something that I know you and I, James, are both kind of interested in. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, kind, of, kind of, yeah, in the grand scheme. East Origin. Uh, so 
Dot Emu uh, put out a press release uh, the other day saying that they've got of uh, they put like they're kind of reforming uh, their company a little bit to focus more on reviving old properties. Uh, they've obviously been doing this recently with games like uh, Windjammers uh, and of course last year's release of East Origin on the PS4 and Vita. And they announced that this spring uh, Xbox One will be getting East Origin as well. Now this March got a little the- chuckle out of me when they said it, that they're porting it to revive old franchises when East Eight just came out in the West. Yeah. But oh well. Uh, that's that's fine but i mean yeah it's weird when they say something like that when it's like it's east uh it's not like it's dead uh but yeah that the fact that it'll be making its series debut on a microsoft console that's good news i think it's great because obviously the more people that get to play these games the better uh and it's good news that they'll be doing that it makes me think that maybe they'll be putting other games in the series on their platforms as well uh obviously uh the pc is a microsoft platform but you know on consoles too i think that's cool if I were a betting man, I'd say that a Switch port of these Origin is not far off. Absolutely not. I think that's definitely very plausible, especially considering um, that game definitely does not require like a beefy system. It came out like what, like over ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's definitely something they could they could accomplish on the Nintendo Switch. And I think that uh, more games the better, especially with East Eight on on the Switch coming in the summer. That's definitely plausible. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll also mean the Legend of Heroes uh, series also making its way to those platforms too. But Ooh, I- I'm not so sure about that because um, Dot Emu only has really the rights to kind of port two games in the East series: East Chronicles because they had the mobile port, and then East Origin they did the PS4 and Vita version. Like, oh, theoretically, well, could- I don't think Dot Emu would be the ones to do it. It's more like you know with the with East Eight coming out on the Switch this summer, Fal- Neon Falcon might oh, find yeah, more. True. Yeah, they'll find more. Like the like we've I definitely got if a base here. Would port the Evolution versions of the Trails games to Switch. Mm-hmm. Seems like something that would make sense, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll finally see uh, Memories of Celsetta over here as well, outside of the Vita. Because, I mean, that's on the PC. That could come to the Switch as well. Yeah. That'd be pretty XC cool. doesn't officially said anything, but they've they've already... It's coming over on PC. They're, they've, they had that teaser, and people found out that the silhouette was a character from Celsetta. So, they're doing it. They're going to announce it any any week now, really, at this point. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you've got that, like Dot Emu, you've got uh, Hamster, and a lot of those revivals on, on modern platforms, more like just, you know, porting them to these current consoles. There's definitely a lot of other games that I can love to see them revive. Um, I mean, we've, I mean, I'd love to see Popful Mail on, on a Ooh, current platform. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Musha would be cool as a shooter fan. Uh, that's That'd be really nice to see, or less. Uh, Lords of Thunder, which is a game no one remembers, but I have fond memories of. Uh, there's like these all these other games that um, that Dot Emu could uh, bring back. You know, uh, yeah, they're porting Falcom games. I don't expect them to do it, but port Zanadu next to like Switch or something. That's that's a game more people need to play. Or Caesarea, you know, all these other games that never uh, really. Uh, expanded that much in the West. I mean, there's English versions of games like I think Sosarian, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've mentioned this before. I think there's like an, or maybe I'm thinking of uh, Loads of Monarch, actually. That's like there's an English version, a uh, browser based version that Falcon put out in English. Yeah, um, I think Vantage Master yes. 2. Vantage Master, yes, that's the other one. I, I, I think there's a, maybe a particular version of that game, but. Uh, people are curious you actually can just go to um i don't have the website on the top of my head you probably can just google it but on the wikipedia page there's they note that there's an english version they'll have a link straight to play that game in english if people want to check out loads of monarch or um vantage master so uh but you know those games are very much products of their time they might not hold up that well i played a little bit of it it's kind of 
difficult to uh, uh, to get into, but uh, maybe you'll be interested in that. And so we move to the last piece of news that we've got for this week. It's a very uh, uh, small news week. Uh, Valkyrie Chronicles 4, this was announced, will begin in its demo on the Japanese PS on PSN on February 26th. Because, of course, uh, the game will be out in Japan uh, in March. March? Yeah, so next month. Yeah. Next month, exactly. Uh, ah. Of course, we're still for the summer. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll sometime this summer. Uh, we'll be getting it as well uh, for, I think it was PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Uh, for Japan right now, it's only on PS4. PC version yet, because I know that the PR, or was it PR? No, it wasn't PR. It was uh, one of the, uh, I think, Sam Mullen that was kind of teasing that there was going to be a PC announcement. Yeah, it was, the, it was an Atlas rep uh, on on Twitter. They said, just, you know, uh, wait for more news. Uh, sh- it just seems like the contract maybe wasn't signed just yet, but yeah, it seems inevitable considering that the PC version of Akira Chronicles kind of revived the series in many ways. Like that, if, I'm sure if it wasn't yeah. for that, it probably would still be kind of on the, on the back burner. And then again, led us to Valkyrie Revolution, which actually... Uh, I want to check this. Probably out. a good thing that didn't come out on PC. I want to check what the price is because last I checked, it was seven dollars. Let's see what the price is. Oh, it bumped up a little bit. Eight dollars and eighty-seven cents. <laughs> it's an add-on item. Valkyrie Revolution. Uh, they made a terrible mistake. That came out uh, less than a year and ago. I'm guessing that's the first print version too. It comes with the soundtrack sampler, right? I'm sure it is because I'm sure it didn't sell out the first print run that it had. But yeah, that game came out last less than a year ago, and yet it's like eight dollars. Uh, just goes to show how people did not care about that at all. Um, but yeah, like uh, speaking of the demo, though, uh, you know, all you have to do is make a Japanese PSN account. You can play it yourself if you're interested. Uh, but the demo itself you should have will... a Japanese PSN, anyways. Yeah, there's I mean, so there's... many like demos that just never come over here. Yeah, not just that; games. like, there's a lot yeah. of free themes. Like, I've got some great. Like, there's a front mission. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's a what's it front mission? Or am I thinking I think of Armored Core? How right? I yeah, Armored got Core. my near Automata theme was through the Japanese PSN, I think. Yeah, but there was a Armored Core like 20th anniversary theme uh, that I downloaded. That's awesome awesome it's like it's got like this little crt tv uh, with a bunch of like metal parts around it that's like just a static screen it's pretty cool uh but there's a lot of free japanese themes on there so even if you don't buy anything that's 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 worth it for that to be able to carry those ps uh ps10 uh, ps4 themes over a lot of dynamic uh, free dynamic themes as well so it's not just static stuff but like it's always always worth mentioning that it's easier now than ever to like actually buy stuff on that store too yeah just like use like sites like play asia or they need um, to add PayPal support. I hope that one day they'll uh, find not, not just PayPal, but just like, about recently yeah, that you can actually make a Japanese PayPal account and link it to a North American card. You just have to make a separate PayPal account, but it would work perfectly fine with the PSN. You just have to uh, go through that whole process. Like read about it on like Reset Era about how somebody was using it to deal with the uh, Nintendo Switch Japanese eShop. I don't have to because. Fun fact, the uh, 3DS and Wii U, if you got a Japanese version of those systems, you, it, they supported foreign cards. And since the uh, balances are shared between the Japanese uh, 3DS eShop and the Nintendo Switch eShop, even though the Nintendo Switch eShop doesn't support foreign cards for whatever reason, yeah. if it's that fact, I it's, can just you know, like, add credit using exchange. my 3DS and yeah. not have to worry about anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it all comes down to the the exchange rate. You know, they'll be losing money if they have people using American money to buy Japanese stuff. Um, I'm not I'm not 100 sure if that's 
that's accurate for PS4 just because I've heard like mixed things about that because I've heard like I remember hearing about that before and that was I think I tweeted about it on our account and that be, ended up being false but uh, maybe they fixed it to allow I that I think again. the thing is is that you can use PayPal on the Japanese uh, PSN but it has to be a Japanese PayPal that's that might that might be part of it yeah because I think people are trying to use their American accounts uh, that kind of makes sense uh but going back to the news uh valkyria chronicles for the demo on february 26th which is just a couple days from now um that's actually less than a day if you think about the japanese time uh you'll be able to play up to chapter two and you can transfer your save data to the main game obviously that's only for the japanese version if you plan on getting it but you know it's free might as well give it a try if you want it's i mean jesus christ sega has been le- uh, posting every single bit of detail about that game on their social media and elsewhere it's like they've gotten trailers for everything all the characters have been revealed they've been posting way so much like you can basically see almost the entire game through the the trailers they've been posting it's kind of annoying, um, but you know that's just how they operate. It's kind of like it reminds me of Neon Falcon. It's that they post videos and, oh, and details I, about I the NPCs, the any, villagers. <laughs> I feel bad for anyone that is trying that wants to find out information about a uh, Sen Four, but hasn't played Sen Three because it's it's not out. Yeah, and it's and just West. because of what Sen Four is. It's like. You can't avoid those spoilers. It's like it's basically what one and two were. It's like it's like the second half, and so you better stay away from all that stuff because boy, that's chocked full of spoilers. You got to stay away from the Valkyria Chronicles Four step as well if you want to go into that game fresh. Because boy, they're like I said, they're revealing everything. Um, so that's it. Um, that's it for the news, and that's it for the podcast. Not a lot of one, uh, but of course, uh, I feel like we I feel like this is the shortest podcast we've had since I was brought on to staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you make the joke about how the podcasts aren't uh, necessarily that long, uh, or like we don't have a lot of news, but then it ends up going forever. I think it's maybe because we get so deep into the games that we've been playing that it ends up being a lot longer until we get to the news. But I think that this was still a solid podcast for the hundredth episode. You know, it's it's something it's worth saying uh, that we had a lot to talk about. Here's two hundred more. Here's 200 more. So that's it. Uh, you can always find us on RPGSite.net, which we've got that, like I said, that my review for Secret of Mana is up there. We've got a lot of guides up right now for like um, Dragon Quest Builders. Uh, Liz has been working on a lot of those. We've got uh, the guides for Kingdom uh, Come Deliverance, which uh, Adam Vitale couldn't make it for this podcast because he's been playing a lot of it, and he continues to. Uh, it, that's a very deep, deep game. Uh yeah. Uh, Recently, so. we pushed a guide for the end game for Monster Hunter World. Yes. So, if you haven't seen that yet and you kind of might be confused about it, definitely check it out. Yeah, we've got so much coverage on Monster Hunter World. So, uh, if any of that discussion we talked about before got you interested, uh, you need some help playing that game from low rank to high rank and beyond, be sure to check those out. Also, you can find us on Twitter at RPG Site, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPG Site Net. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPGSiteNet, which, of course, like I said before, you'll be able to check out that hours worth of footage from that Shining Resonance Refrain stream that Sega had. We'll have just the, the, the cut of that up on the, on the channel pretty soon here. Also, you can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. Our permanent Discord link, discord.me slash RPGSite. Finally, click share where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, James? You can find me at the suite. T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. And you can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it for this February 24, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, James, for being a part of this. I thank you all out there for listening. And catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.